Hi there, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at an incredibly low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to do incredible things in my heart, my mind, and my soul. And so I'm really hoping through this podcast to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad to have you along for this journey. Today, I am going to do something just a little bit different. I am going to share... A little bit of why I have decided to do the unedited podcast. I am naturally a curious person and I like to know why people are doing things and so I'm just going to share very very briefly why I decided to start this podcast. As I mentioned every week in the beginning in the intro I started this habit 20 years ago at a very low very broken very disillusioned place in my life Um, I did not know if I believed in organized religion. I didn't know if I believed the apostolic message. I knew I believed the Bible was the authoritative word of God, and I knew I believed in eternity and heaven and hell. Outside of that, I did not know what I believed in terms of how to be saved. And so I really went on a quest to get into the word of God for myself. I recognized that I could have been born into any type of religion in the world, And I needed to know for myself my belief system. And throughout that process of searching out my own belief system, God did something that I did not anticipate. He healed my heart through his word and through his presence. And it was probably years into it that I looked up and realized that's what he had done. And he had not only done this incredible healing work, he had helped me forgive things that were very, very challenging from my past He had helped me overcome a lot of things. He really had helped me through an incredible mountain of hurt. And so again, God just took me on this very incredible journey. And it became my passion to help other people develop the habit of Bible reading and prayer. For anyone who was in my Sunday school class um, over the years, they would probably remember that there was a heavy emphasis on reading your Bible and praying. It was just something that was such a passion for me. About six years ago, actually it was over six years ago, I had an experience that really was a pivotal moment in my life. My husband and I took our kids to Chicago one day and we were walking the streets of Chicago as we had done quite a few times prior to that. But this day was very different and every person that walked towards me, I could just see how hollow they were, how shallow they were, how truly unfulfilled they were. It's something that's probably hard to explain. It was either like God took a lens off of me or put a lens on me. And I just felt this weight of the futility of life without God. And it was everybody from the people that were put together that were driving Porsches and driving Mercedes and carrying Burberry and shopping at Bloomingdale's to the people that were on the street corner playing a guitar with their case out hoping for a dollar or two and the panhandlers it was just everybody and 
I remember everybody that came towards me as I walked on Michigan Avenue, as I walked on State Street, I just kept thinking, I wish I could introduce them to Jesus. I wish I could help them find salvation. I wish I had a way to help them develop the habit of Bible reading and prayer that they could find the relationship they're made for, that they could find purpose and hope and meaning. And it was just, I had never really experienced that before. I loved people. I really had a desire to help people know Jesus, but this was just in a totally different way. And God really birthed something in my heart that day, this love for humanity at large. And I went home the next day was a Sunday. And I remember that Sunday morning writing in my journal, just saying, there's so many beautiful people in this world. The world does not need me to be beautiful. There's so many put together people in this world. The world does not need me to be put together. There's so many wealthy people in this world that are just searching for for fulfillment in things and stuff. And the world does not need me to be wealthy. There's so many stylish people. The world doesn't need me to be stylish. And kind of just this moment of what am I living for? Like what the world needs me to be is the tangible representation of Jesus. This world needs me to bring hope to them. And so that was kind of just, again, a very pivotal moment in my life where God just birthed this burden in me for humanity and to try to help connect people with him in a way that I really hadn't before. And so it was just a few days later, I was in prayer one day and God just impressed on my heart to publish parts of my journals. It was such a clear, distinct impression. And since that time, I have not been able to get away from it. I began to work on a project, which is a book. Um, It's been a quite daunting task, just pulling different things out of old journals that I might possibly be willing to share in hopes that maybe they would help people be inspired to connect with God, um, that maybe they would minister, something that I've written over the years would minister and help people on their own healing journey. And so I've been working on that for, again, well over six years. And about a year and a half ago, I began to think about a podcast, and it was kind of similar. I just really could not get away from the idea. It kept it was a reoccurring thought. It was a little bit more of an immediate way for me to honor what God had laid on my heart just those few days after that experience on Chicago streets. And so that is, again, just a little teeny tiny piece. There's no way for me to encapsulate 20 years of my life or even the past six plus years of my life since that moment in in five or ten minutes on a podcast but that is just a little bit of why I'm doing this I'm just hoping that it might connect one or two or three or four or a hundred people with the word of God it's just my decision to use my words for the word of God and my decision to use the word or my words for the kingdom of God And I hope that maybe, again, something that's shared here will inspire you to your own relationship with Jesus. Whether you are in a church and you've always, quote unquote, known God, but never really developed a relationship with him, whether you've never darkened a church door, the word of God is for you. The word of God is for everybody. Jesus is for everybody and salvation is for everybody. He said, whosoever will may come and drink of the water of life freely. And it says in his word that It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so the word of God is for everyone. I personally hope that God will give me that experience that I had on streets of Chicago regularly, that I will see people not at face value, not for their Louis Vuitton or for 
their lack thereof, that I would not see people for their certificates and their diplomas or their lack thereof, that I would not see people for the cars they drive and the houses they live in, but that God would give me eyes to see below the surface, to see the things that they're wrestling with, that they're struggling with, and to love them for their soul, to love them for who they are and the core of their being. Today, I'm going to share an entry called Eyes to See. I think it kind of ties in to what I just shared about this burden that God has um, laid on my heart personally to connect people with his word. And I just pray that in my own life, again, that I'll look below the surface, that God will give me eyes to see below the surface, and that I will not just see. There's a story in the Bible of the Good Samaritan. There was two men who walked by that saw but did nothing, but that I would be like the third man, like the Good Samaritan, that we all would be like him, that we would not just see hurting people, not just see broken people, not just see empty, hollow people that are searching fulfillment in the wrong things, but that we would do something about them, that we would help Jesus draw them to himself. I want to take note of the people I pass by every day. I want to be the extension of an extension of Jesus to them I want to be his hands and feet to a lost and dying world and so this is a little entry called eyes to see this morning I was listening to Johnny Erickson Tata talking about being in Accra Ghana West Africa She shared about going to the slums late at night where children, men and women with broken, disabled bodies from cerebral palsy, polio, and leprosy would pour out of the cracks and crevices of alleys and doorways to scrape the leftover food from the streets and the marketplace. The image her words painted was horrific to my westernized mind. I have seen some gruesome scenes and walked in some disgusting places, but never to that extent. As I drove and listened, I began to think about the fact that in America, we don't have that type of health crisis. We have no streets littered with leprous men or crippled children. We treat every physical condition. We have hospital upon hospital to address any and every physical ailment and malady. There are no slums here with disabled bodies scraping food off of market streets. What we have in America cannot be seen with the naked eye. It is not readily obvious as we drive the fashionable avenues of our metropolis or the manicured streets of our suburbs. Even in the corridors of our inner cities, physical eyes will miss and overlook it. There are no polio victims, maybe an occasional panhandler, but nothing to the levels Johnny described. Instead, we have streets littered with broken hearts, crippled souls, and wounded spirits. Our natural eyes will miss them. If we go too fast, we will overlook the crippled of America. We must see with spiritual eyes the afflictions and debilitations of the souls around us. We see protesters, people on the other side of the political aisle. We see baristas and bartenders. We see waitresses and cashiers. We see grass cutters and CEOs, but they are souls. Wounded, crippled, crushed souls. Give me eyes of faith to see the brokenhearted that crawl out of the cracks and crevices of our urban scenes and country landscapes. Let me refuse to ignore the wounds and afflictions that can only be seen with spiritual eyes. Let my eyes be open to see souls as God does. But seeing is only half of the equation. 
I am reminded of the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10. In this famous parable, Jesus shares a story of a man who took a journey from Jerusalem to Jericho. While en route, he is brutally attacked by thieves, stripped, beaten, and left on the roadside half dead. The story continues. By chance, a priest comes along. This seems good. The pastor is coming. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed by on the other side of the road and passed him by. Hope saw, but hope walked away. A man with the religious resources to help saw, but refused to get involved. Maybe it was too messy. Maybe he'd be late for religious duties. Maybe he was just unsure of what to do. How the half-dead man must have felt to have been seen, but unattended to. His gaping wounds racked his body with pain, but though he'd been noticed, his condition was exactly the same. Soon, hope appears on the horizon again. This time, it's a Levite, a person whose life is dedicated for the service of the Lord. Fresh hope surges in the fading consciousness of the beaten man. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. He looked, he saw, but he walked away. He noted the broken, bloodied condition of the brutalized man, but he kept going. Maybe he'd be late for church. Maybe he'd get blood on his work clothes. I don't know the reasons why, but these two who supposedly lived their lives for God saw but refused to help. Seeing is only half of the equation. Jesus' story continues. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he took the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of him. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. The Samaritan is a nobody. In fact, scripture describes him as despised. But when humanity throughout the ages of history reads or talks about or remembers this man, we call him the good Samaritan, not despised Samaritan. He was good because he didn't just see. This man was an outcast himself, but he saw, had compassion, and allowed compassion to move him to action. The Samaritan stopped and took time to bandage the injuries of the beaten man. He did what he could to ease the suffering and clean the wounds of the one half dead. I'm sure it was messy. He was on a treacherous mountain path, possibly facing peril of thieves himself, but he used what he had with him to alleviate pain and address injury. More than likely, there was blood on his donkey and blood on his clothes as he hoisted his limp figure on his own beast for the journey to the inn. His seeing sparked compassion that led to action, but it didn't stop there. He knew he did not have the full resources to heal the injured man. He left him in the care of another and he was willing to foot the bill for his treatment and care. He understood that the totality of the man's healing was not in his own capabilities, but he did what he could and brought him to a place where he could fully recover. Truly the avenues and alleys of America are burgeoning with the wounded. 
Lord, give me eyes to see, and not just to see, but to have compassion that moves me to action. Let me refuse to pass by on the other side. Please give me grace to do what I can. Years ago, Andrew said, the Good Samaritan was prepared to show mercy. Let me be prepared with oil and wine for the wounded I encounter. Let me be willing to get messy in order to get them to the inn. Please keep me from ever thinking that I'm anyone's solution. The church is still the hospital and you are still the great physician. You are still the healer. You still have a stated mission. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Healing broken hearts and bruised crippled souls has always been part of your plan. Please let me see, let me respond, fueled by mercy and the compassion I myself have received, and let me bring the wounded I encounter to your church, your word, your presence. This is where healing is. You're still the keeper at the inn. Thank you, Johnny, for a fresh reminder to watch for the weak and the wounded. I want to see like the Samaritan. Again, that's just a little journal entry called Eyes to See. I still believe that Jesus is the answer for this world. I still believe that it's his desire to save every individual. I still believe that the word of God and a relationship with Jesus will change your life. I still believe that God heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds, and he does so much of that through his word and through his presence. Things happen in getting into his word and getting into his presence that can happen nowhere else. And I still believe that he wants to partner with his church to reach a lost and dying in a broken world. He wants to heal you, and he wants to use us as his church to reach the world. So again, that's just a few super simple details on why I'm doing this podcast. Maybe just a little bit of context for it. I typically would not tell people to share their journals because I think they're very private and very personal. Um, The things that I do share on this podcast are the least personal things I could possibly share. I just wanted to let you in on a little bit of the why behind Unedited. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I'm so glad to have you here. I look forward to meeting up with you next Friday. For now, go grab your Bible and your journal. I'm looking forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.